0: Hello, everyone. This is Insight Flicks, and this is our weekly box office report. Uh, it was a big weekend for Hollywood. Oscar parties aplenty and big stars, but at the box office, it seems there was only one real killer or winner: mm. Ghostface. I uh, Rich, tell us which films placed in the top five this past weekend. Like you mentioned, Scream
1: Six came in number one with forty-four point four million dollars. Coming in number two is Creed Three with twenty-seven point two million. Number three is Sixty Five. With 12.3 million, number four is Ant-Man and the Wasp: Quantumania with 7.1 million, and round of the top five is Cocaine Bear with 6.2 million.
0: Yeah, so I was expecting Scream Six to open bigger than Creed Three. Perhaps that was just um, wishful thinking, but uh, nevertheless, it was a huge first week number for for Scream Six, the best opening in the franchise so far. Yeah, I think it proves once again that horror films and horror film franchises are consistently bringing in money for movie studios. What is your thoughts?
2: Well, yeah, I mean, like you, I was expecting the movie to open just a little bit higher, but still a great number. I mean, you can't argue, I mean, you can't really complain when it's a franchise best. Uh look looking at the top 5 though, I mean, it's it's solid enough. I the real surprise for me though is um 65. I thought that movie was going to open much lower than it did. Mm-hmm. And um I think the 12.3 for the Adam Driver vehicle is, well, definitely not good for that movie, which looks pretty expensive. It's overall much better than what everybody in the industry was expecting this movie to turn in. And um I don't know if that's good or bad. but <laughs> <laughs> It had a
0: last minute push by Adam Driver. He was pushing this whole Go go to your theaters with your family to watch this movie, which I thought was an interesting take of how to promote a kind of the sci-fi thriller with dinosaurs. So uh, I guess it worked a little bit. I mean, it could have been a lot worse for 65.
2: The one thing you can say is that the 65 really didn't have much marketing at all. Yeah. So the fact that it came in slightly higher than expected is it's a positive, I think. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah uh scream six did do um uh, a little bit less than i expected um but the cinema score came out with a b plus and uh, on rotten tomatoes 92 uh, percent on the audience score so that's very high for that film uh so it's pretty positive for that film but then again uh yeah like you were saying 65 65 there didn't there wasn't that much of an audience for this in general uh the cinema score was c plus so (laughs) <laughs> yeah, critic-wise, critic, critic wise, it did much poorer, but some audience members did enjoy it. It got a 63% on Rotten Tomatoes on the audience score, but it's still not enough to, um, you know, give it a, a full seen, good run.
2: I've seen a number of critics say that the movie is surprisingly watchable. It's mm-hmm. just... It's just underwhelming, but well, not necessarily bad.
1: <laughs> but unfortunately, the critics had to go to on like a, a Thursday morning screen uh, screening to get a,
2: Oh, oh! This was screened to them. I thought they actually had to cop up money to go
1: watch it. No, they had they had one screening to go to in the morning at like a nine thirty in the morning, or and and that of course there there's no way they're gonna go, go in a good mood for that, friend. You know?
2: Yeah, I, I can understand.
0: <laughs> well, to go back to Scream, uh, I, I have to admit that when Scream 5 came out last year, I thought it was a dumb idea. I thought, like, who would care about this old, tired franchise? But boy, I, you know, I was—I couldn't have been more wrong. And it really seems like younger millennials and Gen Zers have not only developed a, a real love for the Scream films, but, but also a love with these last two films. And I guess the last two films kind of reflect that with the new characters and the new cast
2: members. Well... Uh- I have a little bit of a a, a theory with a scream because I I've kind of just noticed over the years that kind of sc- uh, Ghostface and um and and Chucky I feel have kind of become like the new kind of prominent horror figures taking over. what, when I was a little kid, it was uh Freddy and Jason. Mm-hmm. Those were you know the big icons. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I feel I feel like kind of Ghostface and Chucky have taken over it. I think in big part because. Freddie and Jason were very much kind of 80s characters, and then Chucky kind of got revamped in the nineties with Bride of Chucky, and I think that's kind of become the kind of go-to Chucky movie. And Ghostface has just been super popular in the nineties. I think that's they've become the new kind of gateway into horror for young kids. Yeah, I would agree on that. And, yeah. yeah, and um uh and I guess this is slightly off topic, but I've also kind of like noticed just like from going to conventions and stuff that a lot of the uh a lot of the kind of older horror fans i shouldn't say you older horror fans but horror fans around my age
0: mm-hmm.
2: uh aren't a big fan of uh these new scream movies <laughs> they aren't a big fan of the kind of uh jenna ortega screen movies and i think a lot of that kind of comes down to um uh the the fact that the the f- the first three screen movies or, at least, or well the original screen movie it was a very much a kind of kind of um meta kind of dark comedy in a way mm-hmm but i think when you're a little kid and you watch a movie like that for the first time a lot of the medic humor kind of goes over your head mm. and i think a lot of the younger or, or people around my age that grew up with those movies i think for them they really kind of grasp onto the characters and the drama and mm. the kind of like dawson's creek aspect of, <laughs> of scream and i think the new Scream movies actually don't really have that aspect so i think um a lot of fans the fact that they're the kind of Dawson's creek Kind of drama aspect is missing from the the new ones, mm-hmm. and the fact that um they're not bringing back you know uh, Nev Campbell, I think that that turned off a lot of fans. So I I think if they I think this number could have actually been higher. Mm-hmm. I think if they brought back Nev Campbell, that they, they could have uh they could have maybe brought back. Uh, some of the OG fans, because I know a lot of original Scream fans that actually did not turn out for this movie.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, but le- let's not forget that this whole thing, this whole revamping was because of the success of Halloween, uh, was it 2018? The, the yes. One? Yeah, this whole thing is all, all thanks to that, uh, the, that, you know, relaunching of that franchise, and then Scream, the first, you know, you know reboot last year was the was overwhelming success, too. And then and this one's just gotten better. So,
0: Unlike unlike Halloween two and three, and last week, <laughs> do you find that there's a split in the Chucky franchise too?
2: Yes, yes, definitely, uh, absolutely. Because um, there are a lot of Chucky fans that love the original trilogy because that was a more horror uh, had a more horror angle, and the comedy was more like I would say kind of unintentional. Mm-hmm. But after that, once you get to Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, and the new Chucky TV series, it's like straight comedy, dark comedy, and it's it's like. Very broad and ridiculous, mm-hmm. and you know I I can appreciate both of them, but there is definitely a divide with the fan base with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, I think as as millennials and Gen Zers be, are become more of the target audience, and Gen Xers are becoming less targeted, mm-hmm. and I, I think we're going to see a lot more debates and battles between these franchises, and they're turning to the '90s, and I think that's going to be a a real battle a battlefield. <laughs> of older audiences and younger audiences trying to claim this kind of, uh, trying to claim who has a right to this, to the, to the, to, to be to, the real to, fan. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'd be interesting. I I think I, it's going to be a, a something that will uh, come it, it, up
2: for, well, just, you know, looking at the screen franchise, if they just keep continue, just turning out good movies, not not necessarily great movies, but good movies. Mm-hmm. I think, that's enough if they don't go like too off board like you know the star wars franchise or the mm-hmm. halloween franchise then then i think everything's going to be okay <laughs> yeah
0: i think we could all agree that what makes scream franchise so special is not, is not just the ghost face killer who's like this iconic uh villain but also like the whodunit aspect oh yeah yeah so it's a little gimmicky but <laughs> yeah I, I i could argue that the scream franchise is a a lot better at the who done it genre
2: than say Glass Onion. <laughs> you know, the Ryan Johnson franchise. Say, I'd say they're actually about the same, but um, I have more okay. fun with a screen movie.
0: Okay. okay.
1: <laughs> well let's go uh, let's talk about Creed, the uh, number two, uh in the second week, uh dropping fifty three percent, but coming in strong with twenty seven million. I mean over twenty seven million. That's that's not bad for uh this franchise and it's and overall it's made over a hundred million and that's that's a it's great really accomplishment, good. yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it it is interesting that it had kind of a superhero movie drop, mm-hmm. but it still managed to have a good drop, you know, it, 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 53, 53 solid. And, um, yeah, with a lot yeah, of competition, it like, yeah. It looks like the movie will stick around for a few more weeks in the top five.
0: Yeah, that's what it looks like. And to your point, Raymond, I think there is a debate over the Creed franchise, right? Mm -hmm. I think now with the Creed being such a successful franchise within itself, within the Rocky franchise, I think there's an argument here of like, which one is the better franchise, Rocky or Creed? And I think like, to your point, there is a split and there's older audiences who really love the Rocky films. And there's a new upcoming audience who kind of really have grown close to this Creed franchise- and they probably prefer the
2: Creed. No, And you know what? And there's another one happening right now. One that, um, that, that we're not talking about. Personally, I just watched the other night, you know, because, you know, Oscars came up. I finally watched Puss in Boots, The Last Witch. I don't understand the hype for this new <laughs> Shrek reboot. <laughs> I mean... Like I, I know the original Shrek movies aren't like amazing or anything, but I grew up with them. I I enjoy them for what they are. This new one, this la- Puss in Boots' last wish, I I don't get it. Maybe I'm just getting old, but I don't. Just, I was like, I don't understand the. I don't understand what's so special about this. I don't understand why this is nominated for an Academy Award. And there were people pissed off, but didn't win. Uh, that's out, That's insane to me because Pinocchio, Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio, is a masterpiece. And Pussy Boots: The Last Wish or whatever is just a bunch of like meow jokes. I was like, what? Uh, um, all right, uh, let's get into the rest of the top ten, Rich.
1: Okay, uh, coming in at number six is Champions. Number seven is Jesus Revolution. Number eight is Avatar: The Way of Water. Number nine is Puss Boots: The Last Wish, and then coming in at number ten is Operation Fortune.
2: Um, very disappointing number for Champions. I think the only positive thing that you can really say about it is that this might have had even less marketing than sixty-five. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, it's like when you have Jesus Revolution open to such a strong number last week or two weeks ago, wherever, whenever it, it debuted. Mm-hmm. This is disappointing, man. Because Champions has like has a, truly a great cast. And while it's not grading glowing reviews, the actual people that went to go see it are like giving it, you know, high praise. And, yeah. You
1: know, yeah. Um, it, it earned a Cinema Score of A, and uh, also in Rotten Tomatoes, it's a ninety five percent audience score. Critic wise, like you said, fifty five percent. So yeah, it's it's totally the opposite.
2: Yeah, I mean, I've I've kind of uh, felt for a while that a lot of these type of movies, critics just don't really know how to comprehend and don't yes. understand. Mm-hmm. Like, um, I've actually, I, am actually a critic that I personally follow and like, uh, and pr- that gave champions a positive review actually compared it to something like Coda. Mm, and yes. I'm like, that, 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 that makes sense, you know, cause when you, when you, when you put it to something that critics won't understand, they, they would, um, give it a negative review, even though it's everything they're criticizing it for is, you know, evident in some of the movies that. They said it's one of the best films of the last couple of years. Alan, critics are funny.
0: Yeah, I think a me- melodrama, or in this case, mellow comedy with a certain sentimental value to it. I think. Uh, feel
2: good dramas. Feel good.
0: Yeah, feel good comedies. I think these are easy targets for criticism. And I think people just, just kind of go with the easy route and just criticize these movies. No, I haven't seen Champions. It might be a bad movie, but uh, from the reviews I've, I've seen, it, it's promising. If it is that good, I'm sure it'll find a home in,
2: in VOD. I, I can see this movie like when it debuts on Netflix, like being number one. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, I think you'll find an audience. It's just, it's going to take time because they didn't market it. Mm,
1: yeah. <laughs> I just hope it does um White Man Can Jump, a reboot, it does about
0: the same way. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's another one that's going to have a lot of riff. <laughs> oh, but that's, that's
2: straight to Netflix, right?
0: No, Hulu. Yeah. Yeah. That was a Hulu. Yeah. Oh, a, okay, okay. Straight to Hulu.
2: Yeah. Uh, With uh, Jack Harlow.
0: (laughs) Yeah, big star. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) All right, let's uh, look ahead to uh, the new releases. Uh, Rich, tell us what movies are coming out in theaters this week.
1: Open up wide this weekend is uh, Shazam! Fury of the Gods, the new highly anticipated DC superhero sequel in which Zachary Levi is back to star as a superhero alter ego of teenage Billy Batson. Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu also co-star as two powerful ancient gods, while West Side Stories, Rachel Ziegler joins the cast as the daughter of Atlas.
0: All right, Shazam is the only big release this week. Um, Raymond, you're a big DC guy. What's your feelings about this movie?
2: Well, yeah, I am a big DC fan, and I really loved uh, the first Shazam movie, and I've been looking forward to this movie a lot. But I'm not going to lie, the trailers for this movie haven't been great. They haven't been bad, but they haven't really done anything to get me, you know, super excited for this movie to the point that I actually haven't even bought my ticket for this yet. Oh, wow. And, uh, yeah, and um, uh, I I don't think it's going to do well. I really don't. And I think, unfortunately, you know, the failure of Black Adam isn't helping things, you know what I mean? If Black Adam was a success and, you know... Uh, I think things would be looking better for this movie, but I think Black Adam just ended up hurting it. (laughs) And um, yeah, I I think also unfortunately, it feels like they kind of waited too long. Mm -hmm. Like, like forget the fact that you know the the kids are older and stuff. Mm. It just feels like a long time since like uh, Shazam came out. I think it's been four years, right? Mm -hmm. And um, four years and and the pandemic, so it feels more like eight years. (laughs) So, I don't know. I really don't think the movie is going to do well. They're pro- I think it's projected to open to about the same that the first Shazam opened to, which I think was like fifty million. Uh, this has, I think, doubled the budget. Unfortunately, so um, I, yeah, I, I think it's going to do that. I think it's going to do what people are expecting fifty million. Maybe, oh, unfortunately, maybe forty or forty-five, but around there. 40 yeah, I, to fifty. I think the early studio predictions were kind of
0: pretty low. I think the recent announcement of James Gunn and his uh, his take on the DCU or the DCEU uh has maybe hurt this movie a little bit just because it feels like almost yeah. like a stepchild it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's uh, has any kind of room to grow or you know it's kind of just a leftover of a bygone
2: uh franchise but i agree with you mike but at the same time like what if this dc this james gunn dc thing wasn't happening because at the same time i always kind of i always thought that you know the people that like look at all this movie news and stuff like Mm -hmm. us Mm -hmm. that we're kind of like in in like in the bubble basically Yeah. yeah so like do general audiences know about that i like maybe this movie just doesn't have that much excitement going on surrounding it yeah it Maybe. could be either one. It could be either one. I really, I really don't know. But uh, regardless, it, it looks like it's not going to be doing well.
1: Yeah, it it, it seems like WB isn't uh, um, too enthusiastic about the film. I mean, I would have thought that they would have done some sneak screenings or something just to to, to boost you know some well, word of mouth on it. They
2: they've been but, spoiling the cameos.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. The that but that's what they did with the Black Adam too. So that's
2: true. Um. So, no, but they, I, uh, at least, but with uh, with uh, Shazam, they're actually showing the cameos in the trailers. <laughs>
1: yeah. No TV spots, yeah. But um, yeah, I'm hoping that the the movie is actually good, and the the whoever does show up on Friday, or even Thursday's. Uh, puts out a good word of mouth and then uh, because there is no there is no uh competition this weekend I mean uh, as far as new movies go so mm-hmm. that's the only thing has got going for it so it's up to up to Friday's uh you know turnout and uh, the the uh, Twitterverse or whatever it is mm-hmm. uh to to see if it survives on Saturday and Sunday uh, other than that um you know
0: if 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 they don't come out on Friday it's 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 a bomb <laughs> it's dead in the water mm-hmm. um all right, let's move into Limited release. Rich, what what movies are coming out in Limited? Opening up on Limited release
1: this weekend is Moving On, a darkly comedic revenge film from filmmaker Paul Weitz. Grace and Frankie stars Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin played two estranged friends who plan to murder the husband of their recently deceased best friend. Also opening is Inside. This is a one-man psychological drama in which Willem Defoe plays a professional burglar who finds himself trapped inside a fancy New York penthouse with no obvious means of escaping. Also opening is Full River Red, the new Chinese historical epic from renowned Chinese director Zhang Mu. All right,
0: how about streaming? Rich, what can people stream this weekend?
1: Streaming this weekend uh, on Hulu would be Boston Strangler, the true crime thriller starring Keira Knightley and Carrie Coon as the journalists who broke the news of the infamous Boston Strangler murders in the 1960s. Also premiering on Sunday on HBO Max is All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, an Oscar-nominated documentary about the life of photographer
0: and activist Nan Golden. Um, Yeah, I think um, Boston Strangler, uh, it's funny that this is a Fox Searchlight film, but it's getting that Hulu premiere. Uh, I saw the trailer, it looks pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, it has a good look to it. It has a, that, that Zodiac look to it, that Dave Fitcher Zodiac look to yeah, it. Yeah, it looks like an in- interesting true crime thriller. It, it's got to be that, you know, that those Fox Searchlight Fallouts from
0: the year before, the, like uh, the, uh, the Predator sequel, Prey. Do you think this is a, a better way of distributing this film on Hulu? Rather than going to theaters,
1: well, I think the film itself must have been a, a a small budget, so they might as well, you know, cut its losses and put it just on Hulu. And that's what it is. I mean, just like Prey. Prey was a cheap film, and uh, they didn't they didn't think much of it, and it they put it on Hulu, and it turned out to be a huge hit. Yeah. And hopefully, they're probably hoping that this will, could be the same way, but I seriously doubt it.
0: <laughs> okay. All right, that was it for this week A Box Office Report. Thank you for watching Inside Flicks. We'll be back next week. We'll see how well Shazam 2 does in the theaters. We'll also talk about the new movies coming out next week. Bye-bye and take care.